Hey, everybody, and happy Wednesday, and welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything, weather, science, earth science, astronomy, which is what we're going to focus on today, and periodically some interesting off-topic episodes. I am your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz podcast, Andre Berninger. I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. Today, we are giving you episode number 160 for Wednesday, March 3rd, 2021. And we're going to be delving in, as I mentioned, uh, the wonderful world of astronomy. You see, last night, I uh, took a glance at the heavens. It was a beautiful night. hope you had the chance to do it because we had essentially a Nackets night that's N-A-C-I-T-S. And for those of you that listen to Weather Jazz from outside the Cleveland television market, NACITS is an acronym that actually developed a long time ago, about 40 or so years ago at my first television job in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. It is spelled N-A-C-I-T-S and essentially means not a cloud in the sky. And if you have Nackett's ad, uh, you add the AD, that's not a cloud in the sky all day. And that's what we had yesterday. And so consequently, last night, the skies opened up and uh, they were cloudless. There was no particulate matter in the atmosphere like there often can be when you have inversions in the summer and when you start having the low-level ozones and, and stagnant air. There, there was just none of that. The atmosphere was crystal clear. A couple of things really popped out of the sky. First of all, Orion, one of my favorite constellations, was up there. And it is a prominent constellation now in the late winter sky. And really, meteorologically, we are in the period known as spring because meteorological spring begins on March the 1st. And March and at least a part of April, it is prominent in the either south sky right now just after sunset or southwest sky as we get deeper into march and april pretty soon to disappear because the constellation orion just is no no longer visible in the summer months because the sun is just too close to it on the ecliptic so it's very easy to spot it's one of the most recognizable uh, constellations out there and if you simply look at or for the constellation Orion, and then you peer to the right of it by just a little bit, you'll see a mini cluster, what, what looks like a very, very miniature version of the Big Dipper. This is a cluster better known as the Pleiades Cluster. It has a nickname. The nickname is the Seven Sisters because to the naked eye, it looks like a cluster of seven stars. But if you look at it, even with a simple set of binoculars, you'll discover that there's many more than seven stars. There are a host 
of uh, stars in this open cluster. Now, just to the south of the Pleiades cluster, you will see kind of a rusty-colored star. That's not a star. That is the planet Mars. And for the next couple of days, if you have a clear night where you are, check it out. Now, unfortunately, it looks like the clouds are going to come back into northeast Ohio for tonight. Uh, But this apparition will still be there. Mars moving a little bit away from the Pleiades cluster every night now for the next uh, couple of weeks, but it'll still be in the vicinity. And by the way, it's nowhere near as bright as it was six months ago when we had our very, very close approach to Mars. That's no longer the case. It is not as bright, but it is definitively uh, rusty colored, kind of a reddish color. Uh, That's because the surface of Mars is, in fact, that color. Most of the soil is that color. As we're finding out from any number of the probes that have been up there most recently, the probe that was sent up there, best known as Perseverance, that's the one that just landed uh, about a week or so ago. And uh, we highlighted what the landing sounded like on a previous episode of Weather Jazz. Go check it out. It's really cool audio, and I've got great video to match it on the show notes on weatherjazz.com. Okay, so we're talking about that planet. So since we're talking about planets, let us talk about the word planet. You see, the word planet actually comes from the Greek word planetes, which means wanderer. The Greek word means wanderer. And well, why would these planets wander? And that's because when seen from Earth, the planets actually move around a lot more in the sky than the stars do, given uh, the point that Mars will be moving around within the confines of the Pleiades cluster here in the next week or two. Uh, It changes its position. Even daily, you can see a progression. So they tend to move around a lot more. And as a result of that, they get the nickname, the Greek word for wanderer, which is where we get our word, the word planet. But the definition of planet really changes. It changes as we start to understand more and more about our world and about our universe. And in 2006, the International Astronomical Union wrote its latest definition of planet, and that is what really what set off an interesting controversy about the planet Pluto. Now, I'm still calling it a planet only because that's what I grew up with back in the 1960s and 70s and 80s and even the 90s. But the word planet, the definition thereof, according to the International Astronomical Union, these planets have to now fall into a category which fulfill three criteria. Here are the criteria. Number one, they have to orbit a star in a predictable way. Well, that makes sense. And Pluto definitely does that. In our solar system, 
Uh, the star is the sun, obviously, and all the planets orbiting other stars are also called planets, only they have the, uh, the extra dub of being an exoplanet. Okay, what is the second parameter? The second parameter is that it has to be big enough to have enough gravity to force them into a round shape. And Pluto does do that. It's not exactly round, but it's round enough. And finally, the third criteria. Now, this one's a little trickier. See if you can pay attention and see if you can grab onto this, because I had to read this several times before it made sense. So I'll go slow. Finally, a planet also needs to have enough gravity to keep other objects, such as asteroids, out of its path around its star. Okay, in other words, these planets are selfish. They don't want to share their orbit with any other objects. And this last reason is why Pluto, according to the International Astronomical Union, is not a planet. You see, because it has several other asteroids that share the same orbit. So, according to the IAU, the International Astronomical Union, Pluto is actually what they call a dwarf planet. So, you know, as we uh, refine the word planet, maybe Pluto will get its um, its uh, title back of being a planet at some point in time. Well, I had some fun with this about 10 years ago, and I think it was Kenny Crumpton. Kenny Crumpton is uh, our morning show host on Fox 8 here in Cleveland. And he goes out and does all kinds of uh, fun things, highlights, uh, things to do in and around Cleveland. Uh, and and I believe at one point he was joined by somebody in the astronomical world. This was back in 2012. And so my son then, who was uh, much, much younger, uh, we sat down on the couch and uh, we shot a video on my iPhone to send to Kenny Crumpton. And you see, Noah had very strong feelings on whether or not Pluto was a planet. And here's the audio from that video that we sent to Kenny Crumpton that he used on the air on Fox 8 about 10 years ago. Noah, why do you think Pluto should remain a planet? Well, number one, it has a moon. Comets and asteroids do not have moons. Oh, very good. Mm -hmm. um, See? Eh? I learned something new here. Yeah. Um, it, it is big enough to be a small planet. Um, big enough to be a small planet. How big is it? About the size of the U.S. Whoa, that's huge. That's big. Well, what are they thinking? What are they thinking? They want to they want to declassify Pluto. Oh, I don't. They're know. crazy. Yeah, they are crazy. All right. What else? Anything else? Let's see. Well, um, that about it. But those are two huge reasons. Yeah, and I have one more. Even though the orbit is kind of a little ridiculous, it could have collided with another comet right. or other 
things that would have adjusted its orbit. Mm -hmm. Smacked it around a little bit. So that's why it's being a little silly or eccentric. Yeah. It's a little little strange. Yeah. That's okay. It's kind of cool to have a planet that's a little... Right? Yeah. Yeah? You can say, hey, look at that Pluto. It's it's a crazy planet. Yeah. All right, I guess that's it. Any more thoughts on that? Not really. Okay, well, there you have it. Uh, Pluto uh, should remain a planet, and you've heard it here from an expert. Well, there you have it, and I agree. I think Pluto needs to retain its title, not as a dwarf planet, but as a planet. Who knows, maybe we'll send a a probe that will someday land on Pluto. Imagine what the sun looks like from Pluto. Probably just a really super, super bright star. Unlike the, uh, the wonderful light that it provides, the Earth. And on a beautiful day like today, or at least the start of today, Okay, one more thing before we bow out for this edition of Weather Jazz. I want to show you, via the show notes on weatherjazz.com, some of the truly amazing photographs that came from a space probe that flew by Jupiter, one of NASA's space probes. And several weeks ago, these were re-released by NASA, and I took a look at those things, and I thought I have to find a way to share these on Weather Jazz. So I saved them until today, until we talked about things astronomical. Now, check out the three photos that I'm going to post at weatherjazz.com, episode number 160. You will see the surface of Jupiter. Now, remember, Jupiter is not a solid planet. It's a a gas giant. So there essentially is a lot of turbulence going on on this giant planet. And the turbulence is very easily seen with the color of the clouds. Check it out. Again, weatherjazz.com, episode number 160, and you will see some truly amazing astronomical artwork. It's just one of those things that you have to take a look at. I could try to describe it, but it really goes beyond description. It's something you just have to see for yourself. So if you're listening to this podcast via an audio app, perhaps in your car, whenever you get a chance, whenever you get home, or if you have a spare moment at lunch at the office, call up weatherjazz.com and look up episode number 160, and you'll see three of the most breathtaking images of the surface of Jupiter that you will ever see. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode on astronomy. I hope you will help me to spread the word about this podcast inside your sphere of influence, whether it's on social media, whether it is via an email, or as I like to say, just over the fence to your neighbor. Just let him know about this podcast, especially if you enjoy it. And special thanks to all of you who have partnered to support Weather Jazz, and I would like to take a moment to give a special shout-out and a wonderful, big, hearty thank you to my newest partner. Uh, she's a special longtime friend. She lives in the Northeast Kingdom of Vermont, near Burke Mountain, and her name is Victoria Singer. I knew Victoria when I was going to college 
at Linden State College. We've stayed in touch for a very long time. Uh, she married a uh, just a delightful gentleman by the name of Kurt Singer, and Kurt Singer was my English professor at Linden State College, and he is the one who essentially taught me or helped me to harness my love for writing and actually make sense of it, make sense of the direction and how to harness that love for writing and actually get it into print form. So I have several books out there. At any rate, uh, Victoria, she becomes the latest supporter of Weather Jazz. Thank you, Victoria, so much. Really appreciate having you on board. In addition to Victoria from uh, Vermont, we have Will and Tonya Cross from Ohio, Christine Barnes from Ohio, Rose Moore from Ohio, Bill Martin in Florida, and Andrea Rich in Tennessee. And as a reminder, if you would like to add your name to that list, we'd love to have you on board. And anybody who becomes a supporter at any one of three levels in the month of March will receive a copy of my autobiographical timeline book, The Extra Mile. And once you become a supporter, by the way, remember to send me an email at weatherjazz at yahoo.com so that I can get the information that I need to send you your book. You're going to find the link at the bottom of this episode at weatherjazz.com. Well, if you have a question, a topic suggestion, or just want to say hello, I welcome your input. And you can easily reach me at weatherjazz at yahoo.com. And also via the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line. And that number is 234-525-5888. Just follow the prompts and leave your message. And I may use your question or comment in a future episode of Weather Jazz. Open Line Friday, right around the corner. So we're going to catch you on Friday with episode number 161, right here on Weather Jazz. Weather and science across the globe. The Weather Jazz Podcast.